Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dying Time is here. That's right, we're talking Veronica, which is a movie <laughs> on Patreon. Uh, it's a Patreon exclusive, everyone, and uh, that means that uh, we, we forgo some of the formalities. You know what the deal, uh, we talk about movie characters. And so what better way to do that than to talk about the uh, screen debut of one Glenn Danzig. A person who is best known for uh, being nominated to play Wolverine by Wizard Magazine <laughs> in the 1990s. And mainly, had, mainly because he is a, a short gentleman. He, he's a very, he, yes. He, he's a diminutive. Mutton chopped, uh, stacked uh, dude. Ne- neck is wider than his head. <laughs> For the most part. And then uh, the one thing that I always liked about Glenn Danzig is he would wear this sort of uh, demonic bull-like uh, belt buckle that it felt like there's no way you can sit down wearing something like that because it was always poking into his tummy. And I thought, that looks uncomfortable. And and one of my favorite uh, episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force complains that he never wears a shirt. <laughs> he does not. He's allergic to the shirts. Uh, ever since the Misfits, he's he's not a big fan of them. And lucky for him, he doesn't need to wear them. And also, he doesn't require them for a lot of the actors in this motion picture. I, I, I feel like I have to steal uh, uh, We Hate Movies bit by saying, directed? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> well, before we go any further, uh, it seems odd that we've already started talking about it. But of course, there's only one person that I trust that if I have to find some virgins, she's going to go out and get some for me. <laughs> the one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you to do, doing today, Gina? Stunned. I, I, I am. <laughs> Stunned. I, I watched this about twenty four hours ago, and, and I'm still just kind of shaking my head like there's like there's cobwebs in them. I <laughs> I, I just have to say that that every once in a while you'll you'll post something on Twitter that that the listeners will interpret as meaning we're about to end the show, mm-hmm. and, and and the concern <laughs> about that is, is very touching. I I wait. wait. It says, "What do you mean? What do you mean? Which we're go- we're coming to the end?" And 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 I appreciate that, but yeah. I, I really do think that after this, it's it, it's time to close up shop. Because <laughs> Where could we I, go? I mean, we have watched some unbelievable dog shit for this for this podcast, but this is just there's no there can't be any any topping this. <laughs> Uh, before we go any further, Gina, I don't want to alarm you, but uh, in a rarity for a Patreon episode, uh, we're not alone. That's right. We have a special guest. He is a returning champion here to Kill by Kill. Of course, you know him from PredictoCast, and of course, he creates all of our artwork, and he's also a person who has studied more band film than anyone probably should of uh, the one, the only Josh Hollis. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing well. Uh, I I have to say this is this is um, setting me up. This is giving me some credit, letting your listeners know that I mean business. I saw Veronica before you asked me to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, well, it was. It was one of those things that, like, there was a bunch of articles about it last year when it had a premiere, and everybody was talking about it, and they were saying that it's, like, this unintentional horror comedy, and it's, like, the room level. It's not. And no. that everybody needs to see it. And then it popped up on uh, on demand, like, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, all right, well, I got I to gotta rent this and see what this is all about, because I'm always looking for, like, the next big sort of fun cult thing and there are elements of this that i like and that i think are fun yeah it's so it's such a slog it really is it's it's truly the most and i've seen most of neil breen's movies i think this actually in sheer in sheer incompetence just just uh tops that and i say that because neil breen gives no evidence of actually having seen a movie (laughs) whereas like glenn danzig rattled off a bunch of movies that supposedly influenced this movie and i'm like really really (laughs) that this is your homage to the films of mario bava i i i 
show point you know, point out to me what's supposed to be a, a Baba esque scene here. Yeah, just evoking Mario Bava should cause uh, Mr. Bava to start spinning in his grave so much that he actually can tunnel through the earth like Bugs Bunny. The the one thing I will give it is that like I do think I do think there are moments that look good, like some of the lighting and some of the shot composition is interesting and kind of fun he's going for very like heavy colored lights and shadows and and very and maybe that's what he's leaning towards when he's thinking about sort of italian you know horror cinema of like the 60s and 70s and there are moments that i'm like okay i kind of like that shot or i kind of see what he's going for and then it's and then it's just completely disrupted because there it cuts to like a weird shaky cam shot that doesn't <laughs> seem like it makes any sense or that someone grabbed it accidentally and he threw it in. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, again to to keep comparing him to Neil Breen, even though he clearly shot on video, he just went with whatever take he he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. We, we, you know, we, we only have a limited time he, to use this camera, so we're, we're not doing retakes. And, and my favorite <laughs> example of this is in the third segment which is a rehash of the Countess Batori legend, the, the, the vampire-esque woman who bathes in the blood of virgins. And <laughs> virgins. There, there, there's, there's a scene in which she rips out a woman's heart. Now, there's a couple of issues with this scene. <laughs> One is that Glenn Danzig does not know where the human heart is located. No. He, he is under the impression right that, it is, tummy is. that it is below the rib cage. <laughs> and, or and maybe he, she was reaching around like when you lose your keys in the seat of your car and you have to go kind of he's, reach and up and under and he's also under the impression that the human heart is attached to the body by very long intestine like <laughs> organs also incorrect uh, he seems to think of it as like a car battery like yeah. it's always hooked up but you know, pushing things a little further is that a human being can remain alive when someone pulls out their heart and takes a bite out of it. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention that the heart is about the size of a Christmas turkey. <laughs> um, for, for a young girl, she does seem to have a very enlarged heart. Yeah, she Lots wasn't living. Of... She wasn't. She wasn't living much longer with that with that heart in her chest. Lots of but, cured meats that she yeah. was consuming. Yes, yes, but but the, the, to take it one step further, after she has presumably died, she the, this count. I forget Dejuna. He just makes up these really bizarre, like you know, quote unquote European sounding. I couldn't names figure out characters. how to pronounce it, and I ended up writing Druncula the entire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so she's like take her away and one of her guards picks up the actress who clearly slings her arm around his shoulders because she's afraid <laughs> he's going to drop her and no one went back and said maybe we should reshoot that because she's supposed to be dead no, no I, that's fine it's fine no I, one's gonna notice i honestly think if there's one element that clearly defines what a glenn danzig movie is is dead bodies that are still breathing. There's not a single dead person in this entire motion picture who can hold their breath. Frankly, I don't know that they've been told. If I don't think they ever had a camera test or anything like that or multiple takes. They just said, what are we going to do? He's like, you're going to talk over this dead body. Okay. And they do. And he's like, great. Moving on. No one ever ever said cut like he'd never heard of that before he just scenes play out until they run out of battery i don't know yeah that's kind of what it looks like it just kind of fades <laughs> out like 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 they, they just got to the end of their their, their tape i think he's, like he's, he's following never... in the, the cinematic footsteps of his four bears like clint eastwood one take and we're done <laughs> I, I guess the only thing that would really differentiate those two directors, and they both have earned that title, director, <laughs> is that Glenn doesn't get movement. <laughs> he's so fascinated by what he sees that he can't bear 
to dispense with any of it. All of it must be seen. Even if that sequence was three seconds or five fucking minutes of Druncula just having a bath. <laughs> and then preening in front of a mirror. Oh, well, my God. And then God. also the the mystery girl dancing. We get to see two strip sequences <laughs> in that in that second segment. And it's so, like, I get it. You know, like, he's, he's the whole Verotica thing is violence and erotica. And, oh, very clever. But, like... Mm. I, you know what? I'm going to call bullshit on And it's that. so... And the stripping is not even good. It's just lazy. <laughs> She's just flailing her arms around. Uh, yeah, she seems to be under the belief that stripping requires a lot of cape work. <laughs> and I can't say that I'm an expert, but I will say I've never seen lazier stripping <laughs> ever portrayed on film for this long. It's almost as if it's baseball... The Ken Burns documentary <laughs> or lazy stripping. Well, she comes out and she's already topless, right? So she comes out and they're like, so the guys are there not to see her strip. They're there to see the cape work. <laughs> well, all right. Let's go through these things one at a time. Do we want to just talk about the second one since we're talking about it? It doesn't matter. Does. Whatever you want to do. I yeah. mean, they, they all kind of blend together. I, I think there's there are nuggets of story at least in the first two that could yes. be something the third one is just a complete mess and it's totally mm -hmm. pointless the the drukija uh drunkula like, that whole thing is just completely pointless and not really necessary the first two at least have nuggets of things that could be good yeah so let's just i'll be honest with you of them all i think change of face <laughs> Um, that's a phrase that people use. Yeah, no, that's that's a something that human beings would recognize as communication. Um, that's probably my favorite because it's it's so incomprehensible, and it and but it also has two of the only performances in the entire thing, and that is mystery girl who cuts people's faces off for funsies. And the cop chasing, and I put chasing in dick fingers <laughs> because he's so growly. It's like he's having a growl off with everyone he's incomprehensibly in a scene with. You didn't uh, like the albino spider or the jet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't say that's a performance necessarily. I, I, it's more like he's Pepe Le Pew. Like we did, did we mention that 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 Glenn also wrote these the the stories for these anthologies? Oh yeah, it's this based anthology. on a comic book, right? Oh yeah, it's gone through many a medium. That's how you can <laughs> really refine what a story is. You've tried it out several times, and you, now you know, like, oh okay, this is a story I need to tell that people <laughs> need to see in motion. Because I, I feel like a lot of his his fetishes are, are coming through loud and clear in this. Oh, for sure. You know, you've got, you know, Quentin Tarantino's got feet. True. Glenn Danzig has incredibly bad plastic surgery. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and poor, poor... Questionable Dej accents. Poor Dejet. This girl has had so much work done on her lips. There is at no point that she is ever able to close her mouth. Yeah. And, well, it, and, and it's distracting. She well, well, yeah, I, I could see where that would come in handy for certain star. lines she's, of business. Yeah, she's a porn star. Uh, I think the the sort of horror host that we get, uh, the lady who kills the woman at the beginning by pokes out her eyeballs or whatever. Uh, I think that is also a a, a porn actor. Well, the, uh, um, I think the, you're the, talking the, about Morella of the Connecticut yeah. Morellas. Yes. The, second, the, the, the second girl whose face gets cut off is Courtney Stodden. Uh, oh, is that Courtney? Because I couldn't. Uh, the only reason I could even place Courtney Stodden's name again was that Nathan Rabin had done that little retrospective of her pre presumptive rap career. I, I she is billed about fourteenth in the cast <laughs> and has about forty five seconds of screen time. I did not recognize that that was her. That's pretty wild. 
Yeah, and she is the one who, who after having her face cut off, staring at her hands and says, my, my, my face. <laughs> very calm, very, very, you know, very chill about the whole thing. It's like she lost her face and is wondering, did I leave my face in the refrigerator? Maybe I hung it on the hook by the front door. But yeah, I'm like, not sure which. so bad plastic surgery, um, people licking people's arms, which, which, which happens a lot. <laughs> he seems and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone, but that's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's a blanket. I don't want to yuck your yum going on here. Okay. We're not here to necessarily kink shame because obviously kink seems to be something he believes he's portraying on screen, but I don't know about you guys. When you chain a virgin up to your bath and bleed her out, generally the chain goes around the wrist to secure them in place. You don't force that person to hold on to two chains. <laughs> Well, With I mean, come on, a, a lot of that is, you know, Spencer Gifts Halloween decoration level set <laughs> this design. Is, this is all from his house. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just had it on hand. I mean, it's not from his really gross house, because you were talking about Glenn Danzig, like, where he sort of, how you might know him. And honestly, I mean, yeah, I knew him from the Misfits and stuff, but like, the thing I think of whenever Glenn Danzig comes up in at all is the article from a couple of years ago about how about his shitty house in Los Feliz that was on the market for like a million dollars, and they posted a bunch of photos because it was it was basically uh, on offer as is, and it's oh, no. just a bunch of junk. You just have to look it up. You just have to look up oh. Glenn Danzig's gross house. He's got like a Tasmanian <laughs> devil and Martian the Manhunter statue in there. He's got weird old uh, like toys on shelves. The floors are filthy and covered in grime. There's toys everywhere. There's just like fake, uh, fake stone work put up on the walls. He's got like old, like Spencer's gift skeletons and skulls sitting around. Frankenberry cereal, like a dirty mattress that's just on the floor with no, <laughs> no, uh, like um, frame or anything. Like it's disgusting, and that is the thing that always pops into my head when I think of Glenn Danzig. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. you know his fantasies are like super out there, and and you know the the normies won't be able to take this tiresome story about a vampire, and, <laughs> and it, it's just like, yeah, Glenn, wow, a person that drinks blood. I've never seen it. That that's that's you're absolutely right. That's really really crazy, and I don't know how to process that with he my normie had brain. A mattress on the fucking floor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, I think I, we bro I think we broke Patrick. <laughs> I mean, maybe I am maybe I'm a bit of a normie, but I don't know the and again, no kink shaming or anything like that. I don't know the fetish of woman has eyeballs where her nipples should be. <laughs> that 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 lactate tears that why fall, that fall on a spider that turns yeah. into Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> but like if so uh, that was one of the things I was thinking of. It's like, okay, there's some weird thing going on. This woman has eyeballs in her breasts for some reason. That's very strange. It's a it, very provocative it, image. If it meant something, if he tried it, to tie it in in some way, I'd be like, okay, that didn't, that wasn't successful, but at least he's doing something. But they're just there for, like, shock value. And, it's, and, and then it turns into some vague, like, Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff where this monster is doing her bidding and she doesn't realize it. And it doesn't, none of it makes any sense because it's like, Oh, I'm just doing the things you daydream of doing. So I'm going to go kill this anonymous hooker. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then why not like, kill the guys who are trying to assault her in the movie theater? Oh no, no, no. They're, they're just helpful. <laughs> the people we really need to take out of this world are the next door neighbor who says, Oh, you're crying. That's too bad. Is there anything I can do for you? That person. That person needs to die. <laughs> By my my favorite part, and I I I texted Patrick about this. I said I'm dying. I think I I, I think I broke something laughing at this. Was so the this you know woman with eyes for nipples, which again ends up being completely irrelevant to to, yeah. to the plot at hand. It's just something that's there and weird. And so she kills herself to 
keep this Spider-Man creature in the real world and please Francois P. Spider-Man. <laughs> Call him by his proper name. The, the the police shoot him. They they're completely you know unruffled by this eight armed <laughs> creature. Just like you know, not even so much as a well. There's something you don't see every day. Nope, they're just like he has eight arms. The, and, the and, and, strangler or whatever. What was his the, name? Left neck, neck breaker. Le neck breaker. So they're looking down and 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 it's like it's like Monsieur, her breasts are eyes. So I was like. We. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> but wait, my favorite part is Morella, our hostess, just looks at the camera. She goes, well, there you go. <laughs> and I screamed. I, was like, <laughs> I just texted Patrick, well, there you go. There you <laughs> she, go. She needs to be like Crypt Keeper-like or something. She needs to like set up these stories in a fun way or wrap them up in a fun way and well there you go is not it it's like, oh, that's a thing that happened anyways anywho I mean, can you, you even believe do? it well I mean it's one of them's uh, and know. again if she has said well there's something you don't see every day I mean that that the would have been very Crypt Keeper-esque, but no. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, this whole... I mean, the the fact that it was portraying something that was supposedly happening, one would believe based on the accents in France. You know, <laughs> Le, fr- Le France. <laughs> Le France. And to drink, Peru. So... And then at one point, our our main character walks to a movie theater that is the Los Angeles the Los Theater. Angeles. <laughs> with no, even with a French rockabilly song playing in the background, it's like, how fucking incompetent do you have to be? There are moments in this movie where he frames shots so low that you're looking at unfinished you know molding <laughs> on the back corner of the strip club and you're like why am i looking at this what is this adding oh there are so many scenes in the um the third one where like just characters heads are they're just cut off there's only filmed like the neck down <laughs> and 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 it's astonishing yeah well, what was he hiding back there well this the strip club in the second segment feels like it's in like somebody's back room of their of their house oh yeah and you can see you can see like a bank of atm machines in the background very very classy <laughs> only the finest they've like st- like the curtain is not a curtain it's just like a bunch of bed sheets that are all stapled <laughs> to the wall um the uh Dejet's next door neighbor opens up a refrigerator and looks inside and i think that's another fetish that we're not examining of Glenn Danzig. And that is he really likes to watch ladies bend over and see what's in a refrigerator. <laughs> while, while, a also while wearing time. while wearing the worst fucking wigs I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire yes. life. I, I have something of a wig connoisseur. And, and these are every single actress in this movie. Every single one of them is wearing a wig. And, and I don't know if it's because he's really into wigs or they're really into not being recognized as being in this movie. <laughs> I think it might be a little bit of both. Yeah, why choose? Uh, she opens up the refrigerator, looks inside and says, hmm, milk or beer? Those are your choices? Those those serve two very different purposes. No, 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 no. no. Uh, you're incorrect. It's, hmm, milk or beer? <laughs> this is, I think this is, again, this is showing... Danzig's cinematic knowledge. He's calling back to Pumping Iron, where Arnold Schwarzenegger says, "Milk is for babies, beer is for men." <laughs> oh my God! Um, at, and so this this albino Spiderman who has <laughs> has and here's the other Glenn Danzig, you know, thing that he is really into, and that is. People who don't know what to do with their arms. Now, here you have a character who's got six arms, and he doesn't know what to do with any of them. He just, sometimes he's kind of like holding them out. Sometimes, like, 
motioning up and down. Sometimes like, oh, my elbows are hitting these and they told me not to. And sometimes the angle of the camera is so low, you can see the split in his seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like my favorite shot is after he is killed at the end and he's laying there. You can clearly see he's wearing tights. <laughs> um, at one point, he uh, decides to go out and kill a prostitute. Uh, and he uh, presents this as there are two things I want to do. The first thing is fuck you in the ass. And she's like, oh, smoke. Because there's not a sentence she says without smoking in between syllables. Because French. Come on. Because French. She says, oh, ass fucking is my specialty. <laughs> well, you know. Does, what <laughs> she doesn't say <laughs> is that she's also proficient in Excel and PowerPoint. But, of course, this is a different job. You know, you go for the job you want. Uh, and it turns out that um, he just strangles her. And breaks her neck. No, he doesn't. He doesn't even strangle people. He shakes them until their neck breaks. Which I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's possible for like a small child for that to happen. <laughs> I don't think that would happen with a grown adult. Yeah, this spider was a big fan of shaken baby syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's then referred to by Channel Fifty Two News as Lay Neckbreaker. Lay yeah. Neckbreaker. Uh, we also get a fashion shoot, which is one for the record books. <laughs> it's just a line of people told, act, I don't know, sexy? And you're watching four well, to five my, people fail at it. What's at my motivation here? I don't know. You're sexy. <laughs> you're sexy. You just, got a wig on and some fetish gear. Just <laughs> do it. You got tape over your boobs like sexy. You know what I mean? And it's, like um, said, it's just some of some of his like you know clear fetishes are just so mundane, and and oh you like women wearing vinyl and wearing you know, electrical tape over their nipples wow wow that's way fucking out there man and and oh. and, and, I, and I think that's the, the 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 part that's so hilarious is he put this out there fully expecting to blow people's minds <laughs> and how crazy this was. And, and Oh my God, the lady vampire eats someone's heart. And it's like, Glenn, <laughs> aren't you some kind of horror expert? Do you know how many movies are out there where someone eats another character's heart? I mean, I don't mean to sound all like super jaded or anything there. You know, there, there are plenty of horror movies that still get to me. You know, your hereditaries, your midsummers, your, your, your movies like that, but you know, I, I have completely burned out on on you know beautiful young women, you know, getting sliced and diced so someone can drink their blood because it, that's how they're kept alive. And it's like, <laughs> is that really the most shocking thing you can come up with? Yes, it's a that it's, is it's, the most shocking thing he can come up with. Vampires, Glenn, vampires. <laughs> it is the most. You know, probably the most well-worn horror movie trope you could possibly come up with. At one point during this fashion shoot, they start making fun of DeJet because, I don't know, they all know she's, she has eyeballs for boobs. She, she's sad. They're, they're she's making sad. fun of her because she's sad. And, and one of the quote-unquote sexy ladies says, she is such a psycho bitch. <laughs> Pronouncing the P in psycho. Well, French. <laughs> Don't you know that, that the P's are all pronounced in French? Um, you know, they and, have les pneumonia. <laughs> pneumonia. At one point she goes to the Los Angeles movie theater to watch porn. Of course, because uh, again, wow, that's really out there, Glenn. Uh, well, yeah, it's, this is this is harkening back to a time long gone <laughs> since the porno <laughs> theaters were all eradicated. According to Glenn, this is happening all the time. And DeJet sits down, views what's in front of her and goes, oh, they are just making sex. Like, what, in a factory? <laughs> Well, I, my favorite part is the two guys, and the one guy's like, hey, this is when they do it now, or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know, whoa, you, spoilers, you know that buddy. They, you know that they still have the, the, the what used to be called the, uh, the, the the gay seat between them, the empty oh, yeah. seat. Oh, yeah, the gay <laughs> donut. They got to yes. keep that. <laughs> oh, my God. Why does everyone in this section of the movie think being French is just clenching your teeth? <laughs> Like the waiter in the restaurant is like, oh, very oh that careful. guy. 
Yeah, with the crazy neck tattoos. <laughs> Poking out. Poking out from his shirt. Uh, very subtle. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the, the, the whole theater scene, like, I figured this would be where, okay... The weird spider creature has has you know ki- killed someone she knows and has killed other people and now somehow she's going to you know it's going to come to her aid uh, when she needs it most like she's she's being like accosted by these uh, um, these guys they're like they see that she's fallen asleep so they immediately just take it upon themselves to try to start pawing her and yeah. and then she wakes up and is able to escape but it was like oh wouldn't it be cool if then this weird spider guy showed up and murdered these guys and was sort of like this weird avenger and she starts using it to her advantage to to take out like bad people but also people who are um making fun of her like the models or something like you could you could spin it into being a story of this person who just wants to get on top and will do whatever it takes including using her weird spider Spider-Man. to yeah. to kill her competition like okay there's a story do that, but no, we're not no. interested in that. No. In fact, there's after, after she wakes up, she's like, oh, get off of me, and walks out. One of the guys is like, hey, come back here. <laughs> Why? Why would you come back there? You were molesting her as she slept. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are upstanding citizens, obviously, but it's just like... <laughs> There, there are yeah like that's an element where i was like oh there could be something here it could be interesting you could like like because that i mean i don't know if i would ever want to watch it but that is enough <laughs> to support an 80 minute horror movie of a person like finding out she has this weird connection to like some sort of creature that comes to life when she sleeps and can commit crimes and she learns how to control it and uses it to get ahead and then bonds with it and then it gets killed and she's sad about it. Like, yeah, that's not an original thing, but it's interesting, maybe. It could be done well. And (laughs) they're just not interested at all because, what, she kills herself and that defeats the spider, kind of? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's really helpful. Here's the thing, Josh is what you're doing <laughs> sounds to me like it's some sort of PC Hollywood <laughs> bullshit that we've all seen a million times before. You know what you've never seen? Cops break into a room, kill a, a six-armed Spider-Man, and just look over his body and go, yes, it's strange. <laughs> Very strange. I, I also like how they immediately determine, oh, this must be the neck breaker. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... He's got to be, right? I mean, they <laughs> sure, follow all the not? evidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it is good that they know. It's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, did, they, did, did the, the neck breaker leave a calling card of some kind when he was killing all these various sex workers? Or... No, we leave calling cards for our next segment. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Where there, an actual fucking calling card is left. Um, uh, my favorite part of the police thing is A them breaking in no one has any handcuffs and you're gonna need at least three pairs because he's got six fucking arms but also the guy with the battering ram looks like glenn told him i gotta take that door back to home depot tomorrow so don't really don't really damage it and he's like okay and he kind of lightly taps it a couple times and then just off he looks off camera like glenn's going Oh fuck it! Just just hit it. <laughs> and then oh yeah, there, there are swinging. There are there are uh, many moments in which you can tell these people are waiting to be. And again, this is also something that's very common in Neil Breen movies, where the actors say their lines and then are waiting to be told what to do next. Yes, <laughs> which is r- remarkable. Like like the couple times with this this third segment, which which again is is. You, know, you would you would expect these scenes to get better as they go along. No, they actually decline in quality, and it, and it's, it's it's amazing because this third one doesn't even have an ending. It, it's there's no resolution, nothing. She just kills a bunch of you know you know, young women in a variety of meant to be shocking ways. But there's like a point where she is preening in front of a, a mirror, 
and she stops like every maybe 15 20 seconds and she's like oh i should keep going okay all right <laughs> oh my god that mirror scene i totally forgot about that it goes on forever yeah it's a f- over a full minute of her just posing and smiling at herself and like oh Oh, and I'm sure oh. he shot probably five or seven minutes of it. And he was like, oh, this is enough, but I'm going to keep the rest for myself. Yeah. And she, oh, and she, yeah. like I said, she stops every few seconds and like, oh, I should keep going. Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever heard the word cut. It's like, I, just, I just pictured like Glenn on the other side of the camera, like just not even looking. He's like eating a sandwich. Like, mm, keep going, keep going. Now, Glenn, this is for a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it's for a movie. It's called Veronica. Like, we're making a movie out of this. Hey, um, can we actually make a movie out of this? Can anyone sue me if I don't make a movie out of this? Because really, this is just a lot of masturbation fodder. Because <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, I don't it, know it, what the it, internet it, is. It, it absolutely is. And and like my favorite part of uh, the. The second one, which is the, the the woman who just goes around and just slicing women's faces off, uh, she takes she wears their faces. Yes. Um, and at one point she shows her actual face, and you expect her to have this horrifying, like Jason in 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 Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter, just this gnarled, deformed face, and it looks like she burned herself with a decorative waffle iron. She's got like <laughs> she's got like you. Know, a not great, but not, you know, absolutely hideous scar on, like, one side of her face. And so apparently that... Like that she did, had a fight with a Wolverine when she was yeah, about nine years old. Yeah, we don't know. He doesn't He doesn't bother explaining how she came to, you know, have this facial injury. Or at what point it drove her to insanity. And she has these women's faces, like, nailed to her dressing room wall. And they're all yeah, like these little, that... like... They're like these little handkerchief-sized shreds of face that she... <laughs> <laughs> that it, it's just the same face that they just you know somebody you know some poor you know you know some poor asshole with you know marginal sculpture skills you know threw together for him just ran off nine of them while they had the chains see i think um, that like i think that that's the key though is is you said that he never explains that stuff about like how she got the scars or why she's stealing people's faces and i think that the solution is cut that third story because it's pointless Totally not necessary. Pull a two evil eyes thing where you get your Argento and Romero together making two like movies. You can do an anthology with only two stories and you can flesh them out and connect them in some interesting way. And like I would be fine with that because the first two have the most potential. The third one is just a total waste of time. No, the, the, the third one reminds me a lot of Mardi Gras Massacre, which was <laughs> a video nasty uh, that has the same death scene five times (laughs) and it's the same thing it's like oh i'm gonna get this lady's blood and she does and then and then you think in between what's gonna happen she just wanders down the hallway and she's like hey give me another one of them virgins let's uh (laughs) yeah i think the whole point of the third one was was you know oh what's the you know here she's killing somebody now we're gonna have her kill somebody in an even crazier way like you know here first she bled her out and then she cuts her throat and sprays so much blood it's like that scene in Dracula dead and loving it <laughs> where it, it looks like iced tea in some it's, shots which is, which is totally weird. right that is exactly what that is <laughs> it's just you know it's a kind of Lipton sun tea fountain spraying in this woman's face and then of course there's the the you know the big centerpiece scene that you knew he was really proud of with this, this heart cutting out scene and then she cuts off a woman's head and it's this fake head oh my god this fake head, which for some reason has one of her eyeballs hanging out, which I don't, I don't know if, if that was supposed to be on purpose or the head just fell and like the eyeball just kind of popped out accident. a little bit. And he's like, "Fuck yeah. it, let's leave it." <laughs> you know what? It works. Yeah. Honestly, that third one it really feels like someone at some point gave Glenn Danzig a gift certificate for horse rentals, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, "I gotta use this for something." And then he's like, "Give me three horses." And I'm going to film the fuck out of these horses just walking down a trail for five minutes. <laughs> and you get to see, you will, like Superman, you will believe a horse can walk. <laughs> and it's just endless. It serves 
zero point. Well, he had to it show is... off that. He had to show off that cool spirit Halloween hot tub that he ha- he got. <laughs> you could have shoved that in somewhere else. But let's get back to change because oh, that yes. third one's a waste of goddamn time. <laughs> We've talked about it more than the other parts, it's though. More than it ever deserves. <laughs> we gotta give change of face its due. First off, it is insane to me that people can a- ask a question as common and as banal as who's there and still have it be unconvincing on camera. No, who's no, no. My, my favorite, my favorite dialogue exchange is, is when this sergeant is, uh, is introduced. And so uh-huh. we see this corpse and, and the, the face cutting effect is kind of okay. I, I it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not bad. I mean, not compared no. to like the gelatin eyeballs at the beginning of the, the beginning <laughs> of the movie or the, the turkey sized human heart. But so you've got this police sergeant, uh, who is the only recognizable name in the cast. I think he's best known for playing a villain in a karate kid movie some years ago. <laughs> um, but um, so he, he, he says to the, to the, uh, the patrolman, what do we got here? It's, it's grizzly chief. How grizzly? Pretty grizzly. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what to think of this exchange of dialogue. Is, is, is this supposed to be funny or is this how he thinks actual cops talk? Um, that lead cop, who apparently is playing the lead in Jim Henson's Michael Rooker Babies, <laughs> is so gravel, so committed to what he's doing. It's fascinating to watch everyone else just not give a fuck because the person next to him is a coroner who, at one point, just is eating the sandwich and he looks at him. <laughs> of course he is. Of goes, course he fucking is. <laughs> and then the guy. Puts the sandwich on the ground. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I got to clean up this body now. You don't put... I mean, it's not weird that he's a coroner eating a sandwich. I think we've seen a million times. We've never seen a coroner go, well, what do I do with the sandwich now? I'll just put it on the ground. The it, ground. And, and I love it because the, the cop's like, where's her face? And and the and the and the the coroner's like, we don't know where the, we don't know where it is. And the cop's like, well, there's your motive. It's like, that's not, a <laughs> That's not how motives work when dancing. It's the most valuable commodity in town. Your face. <laughs> in fact, uh, the 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 face grabber lady, the phantom of the strip club, um, at one point tells somebody, "Hey, give me your face." That's that's her. Freddy Krueger is. Hey, give me your face. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like my face yes yes motherfucker give me your face it feels like every actor in this segment is in witness protection so how do, how do you how do you think she got her uh her job at the strip club like do you think, that she, do you think she walked in with like the sagging like, like dead person face like just kind of <laughs> hanging down from her eyes I love everything I'm seeing from the neck down. Here, let me let the- me flail for you a little bit while you're hired. <laughs> I got some skull pasties. Okay, you know I'm liking this. I like your boots. I like your vibe. But if you could come in here, kind of looking like Mortal Kombat, I'd be more into it. <laughs> come in here like you're practicing proper mask technique uh, <laughs> out in public right now, and we'll hire yes. you. Oh my god, the the strip all the stripping scenes as repetitive and dumb and lazy as they are, it's gold when you just look outside of what he wants you to look <laughs> at. There's a guy sitting at the rail who has a fuck belt buttle. Oh, belt uh, buckle. oh I love is it a belt buckle or something with a hat? I thought he was like it's, wearing... a, it's on a hat, but that is a belt <laughs> buckle that he has placed on his cowboy hat that That's just like, well, says well, Fuck. We're not pointing out that there's only maybe about five people in this strip club. Oh yeah, there's no way this place should still be open. And, <laughs> they and, don't have and enough these, customers. Most of these men look like they could not be more bored. No, <laughs> they they have more fun waving their own faces with money than they do giving money to strippers. 
<laughs> and it's and- just like it's just this like soul deadening sequence of like women kind of lazily twerking and it's- well they're the they're the audience <laughs> of the movie it's it's danzig wanting to uh shock people with all of this and the guys in the strip club are the people in the audience going yeah we've seen all of this before this is nothing to us <laughs> it's like oh yeah. my god glenn please no more women shaking their butts at the camera i can't take it anymore my my delicate sensibilities yeah i, I get it women have butts he's like whoa 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 have you seen this butt? <laughs> i mean wait wait wait, wait. Butt, but- what if we have this woman spread her legs a little bit no 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 glenn no please no <laughs> Well, my, virgin, on the, my, my virgin eyeballs. They're there on the wrong night because DeJet like strips on the weekends. And that's a far more interesting and far more robust crowd. Because like, I mean, imagine that. Imagine if he just switched the leads for some reason. Like, oh, here's a stripper who's like cutting people's faces off for some reason. But also she has eyeballs in her in her boobs. That's an interesting stripper. Like, and then and then it explains why she can never go fully topless. And there's like some weird mystery there. But then you would never get that scene in the first one where her would-be boyfriend looks at her now seeing that she has eyeballs for boobs and says, your teats are looking at me. (laughs) There's like five E's in that. I I feel like you could probably get, you know, reconstructive surgery for for that if you have eyeballs in your where your nipples should be. Also, I'm very upset that no one at any point in time made the joke, hey. My eyes are down here. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) See, you have to have a sense of humor for someone to say that. Very true. You know, uh, appearance on Aqua Teen Hunger Force aside, Glenn Danzig seems to have no evidence, exhibit no evidence of having a sense of humor. No. which Which is so important when you are directing horror you have to even if your even if your movie is not funny you you have to have a certain sense of the absurd and and of things that might be you know just oddly you know, amusing to an audience and and for someone who has made his his fortune you know on having you know his band represented by a big scary skull image and and you know sing songs about the devil and he has no sense of humor and, and this this movie has no sense of humor, which is a shame because some of these lines are really fucking funny, like 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 <laughs> like the like like the you know it's grizzly, how grizzly, pretty grizzly. <laughs> well, I will say that there's only one plot keyword on IMDb, and it's unintentionally funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's really that that sums it up. I, I don't think. I, what do you guys think of the the notion that this will be another one to be on the midnight movie circuit? I I don't see that really happening. I mean, I I'm sure it's. I believe that it would be more fun with a crowd. Yeah, that I wholeheartedly I, believe. I watched it with with my roommates, and they were not they were not that into it. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't really into it, but at least I was like engaged because I was I was sort of talking back to it because I was like, what the what is going on. But I, I think maybe with the crowd, yes, because I, I read some read some reviews when it premiered at various places talking about how the audience was laughing and things like that. And I can see that happening, but I also feel like it's just so boring. Like, there's not enough weird stuff happening frequently enough for... Like, if the whole movie had the weirdness of the first installment or the weird bad acting of the second one... But like more often throughout, then maybe I could see it being something that could sustain. But I just feel like it, when you get to that third story, as we've already said, it's such a slog and there's nothing there that like really works or can hang on to you enough. Like you get with the room, even though it's kind of played to death at this point. But that movie at least sustains its weirdness from scene to scene. Yeah, yeah I, mean, and I think the, of it guys, a lot more like uh, the Neil Brain thing. Oh, like, for sure. Because there, what really makes that third brain movie sing is that from scene to scene to scene, he has these huge aspirations, these amazing delusions of what he is and how he can be on screen and the things he can portray. And he's simply unable to achieve them because 
He doesn't have time, money, resources, but he is trying. He is trying. I don't feel like Glenn is trying at all. And that's yeah, what no. sucks the energy out. I think he thinks that this is his Hellraiser. Yeah, you know, that, that he oh, that, that, that he mixes no because I mean when you think erotic horror yeah for sure you, you think Hellraiser and yes. and for you know reasons that would take about three hours to get into that really works it works in a way that leaves the audience kind of confused and frightened and and you know I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this movie except you know kind of freaked out about it um, <laughs> whereas here it's like it's not sexy yeah it's not scary. No. So it, 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 it fails on the multiple levels that he's trying to go for. And the reason why I think it wouldn't quite work as a midnight movie is that the whole, you know, you turn things into drinking games or you get like, you know, the crowd reacting. It's just so many just examples of his incompetence. Like, you know, if you if you turned, you know, every time, you know, the camera just does a weird fade out into a drinking game, you'd be on the floor in about 45 minutes. <laughs> it's just, there's just so much, it's, you know, everything, there's something wrong with every aspect of this movie. There's something wrong with the technical aspects of it. There's something wrong with the script writing, with the acting, with the directing. It's like too much and not enough at the same time. It's just not weird enough. I think, and I think too, the reason that it, for me at least, it doesn't totally, it, it wouldn't totally work is that there isn't, because it's an anthology, there's not like that central figure to rally around. Like obviously in the room, you've got Tommy Wiseau. That's his vision. It's coming from him. He's on screen doing it. Everyone sounds like they are talking like him um, mm -hmm. because it's his script. Neil Breen's the same way. You've, you've got this singular sort of thing, even in things where the director is not on screen, like something like Birdemic or whatever. You have these two doofy characters who are you know, falling in love, but also dealing with the dumb birds and stuff. Um, and, and I think this, because it's an anthology, you don't have like a central character to stick with and like build upon. And I think that may be a part of it. And I think Gina, you'd said something about this, but like he said, it was like kind of boring. And I said, it could have been, uh, or the, it needed, it needed Danzig as like a, as the host, as the horror host. And I think like a, it like a Vincent Price type character. Yes. And it would have yeah. worked so much better if he had been a central figure somehow. Like he had introduced the stories and then also had like a weird cameo in them where he met the main character, like he bumped into them or something, or had like a weird Hitchcock esque cameo in each segment. Just so it's like someone to connect with. Cause we have the woman who introduces the stories, but she's boring and doesn't really have any sort of reason to be there and i i think it's just that there's not there's not this central thing to connect to yeah there's there's nothing like now admittedly i'm not my my knowledge of the music of the misfits and Glenn dancing is pretty narrow it's more it's more that i i know that he exists and and I know that the uh you know the the, the whole skull logo and stuff like that but I feel like you know, this movie tells me nothing. This doesn't feel like a movie, you know, that, that you know, a Glenn Danzig movie. Yeah. This seems, this seems like very tiresome. You know, here's some naked ladies. You know, here's a vampire. And, and, and it's just all stuff that he thinks he's going to shock the normies with. And it's just so played out. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 the eyeballs and the breasts. That's weird. But you know what? That's been done before. That was done in the movie Gothic like 30 years ago. And and you know in the, in that movie it's genuinely weird it's genuinely jarring and it probably because, plays into the story in some way well because the whole movie feels like a nightmare it's it's yeah. it's basically about the creation of Frankenstein and the weekend that you know uh, Mary Shelley spent where she came up with this idea and it's just a very weird very trippy movie so it it works there. And it's shocking. And, you know, hey, Glenn, you didn't think of this. You, you, you saw this movie. That image was burned into your brain. And you and you try to spin it into some crazy, you know, here's something that the, the, the audience won't be able to take. It's like, no, people have seen this before, Glenn. It's a 30-year-old movie. I never saw movie. that movie before. <laughs> <Exactly>. Mother! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never saw it before. And I refuse to believe 
that uh, I could be accused of stealing John Borman's shtick. That's not really true. I'd like to invite you into my bedroom. Don't worry. That bed, uh, I'm my bed frame, it broke uh, because of all the sex I've been having. So now I just put it on the floor. There's a lot of uh, debris on the carpets. Please uh, d- wear shoes. Normally everyone would have uh, shoes off. But uh, there's a lot of drywall that's fallen. Uh, please bring me o- over my I mean, <laughs> open the, box of booberry. The, 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 the spider guy is could have been kind of cool, but like yeah. he, remi- he reminded me too much of Goro. Yeah, but, but he, that's probably he's got the only, a nice mustache. That's, that's probably neat. the only thing, the only image in the movie that is kind of seems unique. But yeah, you know, we've seen movies where characters cut other people's faces off. You know, yes. we we we've seen, and God fucking knows we've seen vampires, and 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 the 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 idea that he thinks this is something you know crazy and wild and out there, and I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. Like, come on, Glenn, come <laughs> on, vampires, Glenn. Just because you don't use the word doesn't mean that's not what they are. I think he's directing a vampire movie next. Of course oh. he is. Of course I think, he is. I, I think that's yeah. He's uh, he's in post production right now in on Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Oh my oh god! My well, god. stay tuned for next year, folks. <laughs> yeah. Post production. Where's the pre and oh. current production? Oh, oh. <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, speaking of Gothic, which had Julian Sands. Julian Sands is in his next movie. Oh god! Oh so god. is Devin Sawa. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, that's perfect. And, and see, and Glenn Danzig is in the movie. moving from from failed rock star to failed rock star uh, project. Okay, so this this is going to be a weird one because he's got not only Devin Sawa, Julian Sands, uh, he's in it. Glenn Danzig's in it as a character. Danny Trejo's in it. Eli Roth is in it. Oh my God! Yeah, so it feels like I. Who knows if that's going to be anything. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna. You're gonna have to just pencil a space in your calendar to come back and talk about that. We're gonna have to have. We're gonna have to have Megan Sunday on too because Julian Sands is in it. So, yes, at least someone will care about anything that happens on screen if if we have Megan on for that. Uh, any final thoughts on this movie? My, the one thing that I just wanted to say is in 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 change of face. When the cop finally catches up to the Phantom of the Strip Club, she holds a knife to his face. She's behind him. And then all of a sudden he shoots three times and it fades slowly to black, like every scene. And then it unfades back up and there's this trail of blood like she's been shot, but she was behind him. Does Glenn Danzig understand how bullets work? <laughs> Glenn, Patrick, Glendale doesn't know where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> he's like bending bullets like he's in fucking Wanted. <laughs> and then the denouement of that entire sequence is her coming. And this movie challenges you with a very close up look at a strip club DJ's mouth. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there that is, is the most, one transgressive the most, element. I was going to say movie. that's the most shocking image. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, for that, that did go. Oh, that's not something I want to see. That's unholy. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, mystery girl," and she comes out. No, 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 no. She has changed her name. Oh, that's true. She is, is now Mysteria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll never, never yeah, her. they'll never find me. <laughs> Hasn't changed her costume or anything. She still has the skull pasties, but, also, but now she seems to be the same strip club. It is the same strip club. <laughs> same same DJ. <laughs> Nothing has changed. She has simply changed her stage name and has three bullet holes visible. Bullet holes. <laughs> it's like Joe Exotic's bullet hole tattoos. <laughs> Uh, anything else that that uh, occurs to you? I, about this? I mean, I I don't. It's just so boring and dull. Like it's, yeah. I I I couldn't possibly recommend it unless you have a bunch of friends who are willing to go along with it. Because I just don't think it's exciting enough for. I don't think it's exciting enough for the normie non bad movie fans to sit through. So I feel yeah. like you got to be with the group of people who like bad movies 
who like uh, talking back to the screen and like really enjoy them for what they are and are not going to complain that it sucks and is boring and will find the fun in it. If you can get a group of people like that, yeah, watch Veronica. It's dumb, but you might have some fun. At one point, uh, Drunkula says to her her very supportive friend, um, uh, let me suckle her feet juice. And I, think I think she meant to say sweet juice, but it definitely comes out with an F. <laughs> Oh, you don't know. Like that could be some weird shit he's into. I don't know. <laughs> but 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 speaking of weird shit, I mean, my my, my problem with the, the the movie. Well, I mean, to suggest that I have a problem with the movie is is, is that you know I, I've been around long enough. And I've seen enough movies in which the more the filmmakers go out of their way to talk about how shocking this movie is going to be and how it's pushing the limit of what audiences can take, it's going to be so fucking boring <laughs> and it's just like you know and and again to to not to continuously bring up uh like a movie like hereditary it's like for as little that actually happens in that movie until like the last 20 minutes or so it is so uneasy and so uncomfortable to sit through that that it's just it doesn't need stuff like a close-up of somebody you know digging their fingers into you know obviously gelatin eyeballs or or you know someone cutting out someone's face and you could see the pen line around <laughs> where they're gonna you know okay well here's where you're gonna put the fake blood and and it's just it, it's i don't know it, it's just Anytime you, you, you sell your movie as being something that the average filmgoer isn't going to be able to take, that, that's a huge, you know, it's that corny ass, you know, you know over the top P.T. Barm showmanship thing. And it's just like, I'm not interested. Don't want to see it. No, it's it's a it's a scam. It's yeah, because it's going to be why... it's going to be boring. It's yeah. going to be it's going to have you know, no discernible plot to speak of. It's just going to be a lot of you know, meant to be shocking imagery. Yes. Oh God, this is uh, it's not a fun movie. Josh, where can people uh, hear more from you? Oh, uh, yes, you can find me at PredictoCast. Uh, we pick a movie we know nothing about, watch the first ten minutes, and then try to predict the rest of the movie. Uh, we have a a pretty good time. I like I like to think um, it's. Very silly. Right now, I don't know when this will drop, but uh, we're in the midst of Eric Roberts' month on the podcast. Uh, so come on over, check us out. You can find us wherever you get podcasts or at predictocast.com. I feel Excellent. like that, I feel like this movie could have could have you know benefited with some Eric Roberts. Oh my god, he would have been great. Yeah. He would make him the cop. cop. Yes, yeah, he would have been great. Or at least the cop that says brief me, and then he's like, "Well, there's a person out there cutting off faces." He's like, "Oh, gross!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked you to brief me, not like tell me what the fuck's happening. That's those are two things. <laughs> God, um, I think we make this movie sound more fun than it actually is. Well, it's fun uh, to talk I, about it. Yeah, it's fun to talk about, and I, and I agree that in in, a, in the right setting, it could be a it could be a good group watch because just don't bother watching that that third one. There's no oh yeah no yeah. If, if you know the story of Countess Batori, you know the fucking story, and it, yeah. it, it's just that. I mean, he could change the character's name, but it's it's the whole thing with the you know kidnapping you know virgin villagers and and bathing in their blood. It's just that you saw it before. You saw it in Hostel Two. He ripped off Hostel Two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and that just about does it. Thank you ever so much, everyone who supports us on well, Patreon. There you go. Um, this <laughs> what a wonderful present you've received. Um, <laughs> this this would go down in the what the fuck category that we often uh, dip into here. It's this is not a we love this movie so much we just got to talk about it. One, maybe two months from now we'll do that. Uh, next month is a viewer's choice, um, a ten from the ten dollar level. Uh, so one of you will be chosen to come up with a movie for us to do there. And in the coming weeks, we'll be uh, finishing up uh, Freddy versus Jason, and then it is the premiere of season three with really cool stuff. We've already recorded uh, our season opener where we talk about ten to midnight, 
uh, with Eric Siska of We Hate Movies. And uh, then we're going to be talking uh, Dr. Giggles uh, with April Wolf and uh, uh, someone else <laughs> that I've yet to book. And that's, that's, I mean, Dr. When I said I'm watching Dr. Giggles on Twitter, you would have thought I was like, hey, Glenn Danzig invited me over to his new house. Wait till you see these pictures. People were jazzed. Um, so hopefully that translates into people being excited about Dr. Giggles, a movie I did not remember that I had seen. Yeah, that's, that's going to be one that's going to be all new to me. Cause I did see it in the theater, but that is the only time I've seen it. It's, it's kind of fun, man. It's like, it's, it's breezy. It kind of moves. Um, it's professionally made. A girl <laughs> kind of gives a blowjob to a saxophone at one point. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> See, put that in your movie, Danzig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was 1990 fucking two. And it was way cooler than anything is in this movie. I'll tell you that right now. Um... And that just about does it. So for myself, for Gina, and for Josh, bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>